On this episode of TalentCast, I do not have a funny introduction. We'll be right back. Hello, and welcome to the TalentCast. I'm your host, James Ellis. We're here to talk about employer branding and talent acquisition, talent recruitment marketing at some fairly deep levels. We're not here to pitch books. We're not here to pitch software. This is a 100% pitch-free zone. We're here to go back to first principles and really think through what it's going to take for you to be better at employer brand and talent acquisition, for you to win the war for talent. Yes, that's a bad metaphor. Yes, people shouldn't say it. Yes, it's also my Twitter handle, so I can't help you. This will not be your standard podcast. This will be a little goofy, a little weird, a little bit of me. Hopefully, you're going to learn something from it. If you like it, please tell people. Uh, if you like it a lot, review us on iTunes and Google Play. Otherwise, you can hear, learn more about us or talk to us directly on Twitter, again, at the War for Talent, or just go to our website, thetalentcast.com. So that having been said, here's the show. Hey, how you doing? Uh, James Ellis here. So, um, yeah, this is the Sunday. What is today? Today's the August thirteenth. Uh, I'll probably publish this tomorrow or in about mm, thirteen hours, fifteen hours. Um, I don't. I like to try and do this a little ahead of time so I have some time to consider what I say and what I have said. I know it sounds like I do everything off the cuff, and I do, but I still like to take a listen to make sure I didn't sound like a complete and total ass. Uh, that said, I had one scheduled for to go out tomorrow, and I changed my mind. I'm going to push that back a week. Recruiter Happiness will be episode 41. This is episode 40. Yeah. So for those of you in the U.S., I don't have to explain why this has been a really atrocious weekend. For those of you not in the U.S. who may not be paying to the same new, pay attention to the same news I am, uh, Charlottesville, Virginia happened. That is the that is Friday night. A bunch of uh, assholes uh, decided to take tiki. Uh, uh, torches from Home Depot uh, complain about the fact that they weren't in charge all the time, all every single time that everything was changing around them um, that was terrifying and then of course the next day one of them decided to run into a, into a crowd of people with their car and unfortunately killed one of them this is bad, this is really bad, this has been a very very unpleasant weekend and it's one of those weekends when you hug your daughter quite a bit to make, you know, just to remind yourself that humanity might have a sliver of chance in the long run uh, I've spent time in the South. I lived for seven or eight years in North Carolina, so I know these audiences a little bit. I'm not going to say I'm a expert, and I'm certainly not a Southerner, but I do know them. Uh, I do certainly know, had lived around them. And I, I only bring this up because between that, between Google, hey, are we talking about Google again? Can you really believe it? It's like they just make news. Uh, Google fired uh, an en- engineer for writing a manifesto that went viral internally not just suggesting, but flat out outlining all the reasons why women were inferior as programmers and thus we should not be elevating them or promoting them as developers, which is um, pretty screwed up. Anyway, uh, they fired him, and of course he's now a champion of a certain crowd of people. On top of which, Uber, always in the news, uh, turns out the CEO of Uber, having been kicked out and telling everybody, gosh, I have to be a better human being, has decided I'm going to put myself on the board and I'm going to make it so that Anybody who might have a chance, a slim chance, a sliver, sliver's chance in hell of uh, making any kind of cultural change inside of Uber is no longer considered a CEO. I'll make sure that every female candidate for CEO gets 
rejected pretty quickly. And by the way, I'll make sure I'm the only one left. So that's still happening. And then finally, <clears throat> news today from BuzzFeed that GitHub, their senior vice president or whatever the, the particular title was of culture and social programs in uh, GitHub, is quitting after three years after uh, they got into some serious trouble for having a very loud culture of sexual harassment and some very unprogressive and certainly un... Uh, I don't know, how would you want to call this? Uh, pretty sexist organization. It's a boys club. So it's been quite a week, and I feel like if I don't comment on it, I'm going to lose my momentum, and i got to comment on it. So that's the news in my head. Cards on the table. Hi, how you doing? My name is James Ellis. I am a 44-year-old white man. I am straight. Uh, I may not have any hair, but other than that, I have every advantage in the, this country that you could probably get. I have a great education. I was raised by uh, upper-middle-class parents. Uh, I went to private school for one year. I went to college. I have a master's degree. Granted, it's not the best one. But who cares? I still have it. Um, I had the opportunity to uh, uh, borrow money so I could pay for my education. I had the opportunity to borrow money to buy a house. Uh, I'm all, by all standards, doing pretty good. And I am a white, straight male, middle class, uh, middle aged male, rather. Uh, so I have some serious, serious um, baggage here because I am not of color, and I am not a woman, and I am not gay, and I'm not in a privileged cast. I'm certainly not a veteran, and I'm certainly not. Uh, disabled by any stretch that I know of, maybe mentally, but that's up to you guys to decide. I think that's a bad joke. It's a little bit in bad taste, but you've met me, and you know that I'm not always in great taste, but there you go. So I have every advantage, and I get that. And so diversity is important to me. I think it is truly important. I think that's not really what the conversation needs to be about today. What I want to have the conversation about is the reason why we are in this situation where we have these, con where we have these problems, the, the news that I outlined is happening is not that people disagree because people are always going to disagree. You put two people in a room, pick any two people in a room and have them order a pizza together and they're going to be disagreements on the toppings. Disagreement is a fact of life. We as human beings do a really crap job disagreeing with each other and learning how to disagree with each other. And I've been married before and I've been through therapy about that marriage before to learn that one of the true skills of being good at being married and staying married is that you need to learn how to fight. You need to learn how to have a tough conversation, how to have a difficult conversation, how to learn how to say things like, not just agree to disagree, which by the way is the most overused bullshit phrase I can think of because it effectively says, um, agree to disagree really just says, I still think you're stupid, which is wrong. You're allowed to disagree. You're allowed to come to the, to the, the table with a disagreement and decide that you can have a different point of view. You can have a different perspective. That perspective comes from experience, and it comes from a different philosophy. And so long as we understand what that experience and philosophy comes from that colors that uh, viewpoint, you're allowed to have different differences of opinion, and that doesn't make others in less of each other. What we've in this country anyway, and certainly in this culture, agree to disagree simply just means, hey, I've decided to stop trying to convince you you're wrong, and I'm just going to try and stomp you under the table, uh, which again, bullshit, I call it. So this is going to be like the least fun conversation I'm having here six minutes into this recording because I think you can have conversations. You can have disagreements, and I think why the hell am I talking about this in the talent cast? Because culture isn't made. It is not manufactured. I, I fundamentally believe this, and we could probably do a whole podcast on culture. In fact, I'm going probably going to do a, I'm doing a series of webinars uh, this fall, and I'm sure one of them will involve culture, given who the uh, the murderer's row of smart people I'm involving with this. So we'll, we'll talk about that then, and I'll talk tell you when it's happening. But ultimately, I believe that culture is revealed. 
your company culture, your individual culture, your political culture, your team culture, your uh, marriage culture is revealed. It is not created. If you got married and you and some other random person go into a room, you don't decide, okay, what's our culture going to be? You simply start talking. You realize, oh, our culture is going to be fiercely competitive. Our culture is going to be give everybody a shot at talking to each other and, and, and voicing their opinions. Our culture is going to be, in the end, what's most important is blank. Uh, I'm going to go back to Amazon because apparently that's what I do. One of their big tenants and one of the things I think helps kind of bolster and, and, and establish and, and reinforce their culture is this concept of disagree and commit. So what happens is in the early days of Amazon, not to tell uh, their story for them, but um, you know when it's Jeff, just Jeff Bezos and kind of messing around on the internet and trying to make a store and make that work, um, you know you have to understand that because it's just one person or a handful of people in a very small store, the culture is simply what the owner decides it has to be to get things going. And what happens is as a company gets bigger, that culture either gets diluted by who you hire or reinforced by who you hire. And I think what happens at Amazon is it got very much reinforced. I haven't met Jeff. We don't have brunch or drinks on any occasion. And I don't know him personally in any way, shape, or form. But I have to imagine this concept of commit and uh, disagree and commit sounds exactly right up his alley. And in fact, it's one of the tenets of how, as a culture, they work. So what happens is you put a couple of people in a room and they decide what we need to do is X. And you have the fight. You have the conversation. It's a political culture, but it's still a human culture, and you're going to disagree, but you're going to be civil about it. No one's coming to blows. Um, you have the conversation, and it turns out ultimately there's two different people or two different factions, and they simply disagree. And what happens is, is that in many companies, and this is what the concept of commit, uh, disagree with committee is trying to fight, is that in many cultures – you have a standoff and nothing happens. Or you end up compromising and it turns out if one of you was right and one of you was wrong, you'll never find out because you'll put a half-assed solution on board just to kind of politically move things forward. Or even worse, you simply won't do anything at all. You'll be completely hampered or you'll be completely stalled by the fact that you can't create agreement. The concept of disagree commit is simply saying, look, I don't agree. I don't think this is going to work, but I, it's not worth fighting over and I'm simply willing to say look I disagree and I'm on the record as disagreeing but I'll do whatever it takes to make this work and if it doesn't work great we'll just learn that it didn't work then maybe I was right and we'll move forward I will disagree with you but I will commit to making this thing work as best as it can that is not something you see in a lot of companies I think you I really wish we could I really wish we should I think it's a fantastic concept but that's part of culture the fact that they've codified it and listed it as how they think about things and their values and their structures and their leadership tools is great, but it, they didn't simply say, hey, by the way, Amazon's a great company. Let's go read some you know, leadership books and some culture books and decide, cherry pick the best ones and slap them on everybody and say, hey, we made some, you know, some flyers and some posters and uh, some, some chants, and now this is who we are. No, Amazon was always like this, and this was always who Jeff was, and he threaded it through the culture, so it was who they always were. I, I feel like I just took a breath. I apologize. I'm, I'm really worked up. I really am. This has been a really unpleasant weekend. So culture is revealed. Culture is not created or manufactured or established. It's, it is revealed. The problem is, is the culture exists, and we don't define it. We don't talk about it. We don't talk about how deep it goes. To say something like disagree and commit says, in the end, what we care about most is moving forward, not about everybody getting along in such a way that everybody feels like they were heard and everybody got a piece of the pie, but simply to say, look, it's a rough game out there. Not everybody's going to get what they always want, but if the ultimate goal is not personal solutions and personal glory, but the glory of the company, you have to be willing to say, look, I'm willing to be wrong. I'm willing to let this go. I'm willing to, to not 
turn this into a political football where I undermine it from within, which happens at so many companies, um, I'm willing to just say, yeah, okay, fine. That is a cultural choice. And what Disagree and Commit does when they talk about it internally, they talk about how far they're willing to take it. They're ta willing to talk about how much of it, how much they can radically disagree with an idea and still um, disagree and commit and still you know, actually put their whole body and their whole mind and their whole person into making it a successful, a successful even if personally they don't think it's going to work. They still are going to try. They're still going to do everything they can to make it work. Why the hell am I talking about this? Well, it ties into this concept of diversity, and maybe calling a concept of diversity thins it out. And I'm again, middle-aged white guy. I'm not the best at talking about this. Give, please give me a little, a little uh, 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 credit that I want to talk about this, and I own my perspective, and I own as much of my unconscious bias as I can. Uh, but here's what I think. I think when we talk about diversity, diversity has become such a buzzword. Please listen. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Diversity has become such a buzzword that we simply have to say to each other, to like-minded folks, diversity is good, and that's all you have to say, right? Every company, it seems, is committed to diversity. Every tech company, certainly every big-name company, uh, every unicorn company is committed to diversity. In fact, I bet somewhere in Uber's uh, mission statement somewhere or, or their, their charter or whatever the hell they have or their listed values, they talk about diversity. I'm sure they're, they, they'll happily tell you that they're all about diversity. Is it true? Eh, not so much. Hey. Uh, just interrupting myself for just a second, just to remind you that because this podcast has made me extraordinarily wealthy, there's really nothing you can do. You don't have to buy anything. You don't have to make any commercials or anything. You do not have to donate anything at all to keep this podcast going. Again, wealthy beyond my wildest dreams. Thank you all. I appreciate it. All you can do to help me make this podcast even better somehow is to review us on iTunes and Google Play and other places that you review and share podcast information. That's all you got to do. Leave some stars, leave a review, whatever you got to do. We really appreciate it. It's what keeps us going. Thanks to the people who've done it already, but keep them coming. We really do, like I said, we really do appreciate that. That's all I had to say. Again, I want to stop interrupting myself to bring you the amazing voices of me. Bye. Um, the problem I have with the concept of just simply saying diversity is a value, and we've talked about this a little bit, but I want to tie it together is that saying you like diversity is like saying you like, I don't know, water. Okay, great. Now what? How much do you like it? How much are you willing to commit to it? How much are you willing to sacrifice something else for it? How about talking about why diversity is so, so important? If you look at the Google conversation, I think Google is a great example where they talk about on the surface how important diversity is, but it clearly the message of why diversity is important and how far diversity, how diversity helps a company hasn't gotten through to all their engineers. Otherwise, this manifesto and this Damone guy may not have, you know, kind of happened or blown up the way it did. Um, the problem with the diversity initiative is that we've all decided it's good, and since it is a little scary to talk about, you can just hear my inflection and, you know, how many times have I kind of couched this and like, hey, I'm just a middle-aged white guy. Diversity is a scary conversation. Even, uh, even I can imagine, even if you're a white or a black woman or a person of color, woman of color or a gay person or a gay veteran or a gay, gay veteran of color, whatever, as diverse as you want to be, the most ultimately diverse unicorn, whatever, um, 
I think even no one can say diversity is X because diversity means having a lot of different perspectives and a lot of different viewpoints and a lot of different experiences. And no one person can own it. No one person can say, yes, I am the voice of diversity because you're simply one person. You have one set of experiences. And diversity means multiple. Diversity by its very definition means multiple. And I think diversity has become something of a buzzword to say we're big on diversity, so therefore, you know, we do the stuff we think we're supposed to do. On the surface, that sounds great, but until the company says, look, this is why we think diversity is important. And there's a lot of reasons why you can think diversity is important. There's a lot of ways and a lot of reasons and a lot of big reasons why you come to the diversity table wholeheartedly, but you can come from different paths. You can say, look, we're big in diversity because we think um, – Here's a Tom Peters one. Uh, his big thing on diversity is, if nothing else, it's a huge, it's a huge value to your business because ultimately women are the drivers of most consumer spending in this country. They're the ones deciding which products you buy and if and when you buy a house and if and when you buy a car and you know something like eighty or ninety percent of all consumer purchases are driven by the female of the household, the woman of the household, the wife or spouse, however you want to call it, that that's where the, the purchasing power is. And if you are an all-male company and you're trying to get people to buy stuff, guess what? You have to talk to women. And if you have no women on in your conversation, you're going to be really bad at it. Case in point that uh, – anybody seen that raft that's out there? It's a big white inflatable raft, and it looks like a sanitary napkin. It looks like a, a maxi pad. And the joke is, well, clearly no women were involved in this decision-making process and in, in the review process because any woman with one eye you know, closed would have said, uh, that looks like a maxi pad. What the hell are you doing? A bunch of dudes may not see it that way because we don't really think about that. Hi, how you doing? Um, but if you want to talk to women, you should be have women in part of your process. You want to talk to black people, you should have black people as part of your decision-making process. You want to talk to Hispanics or Latinos or Latinxs or however, you know, whatever the right way I need to call it is, or gay people or queer people or whatever. Veterans, you want to talk to veterans? Get some veterans. I don't. I in, in no way feel qualified telling veterans what's to do because not one, definitely not one. That's just business, right? Now, that's one way of getting to the diversity table. Another way of coming to the diversity table may be to say, we think by having more sets of viewpoints, we come to a better decision. We come to better places. We don't, we're not having a, 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 a homogeneous kind of through, you know, thought line into our conversations. And by having more viewpoints that come from different experiences, that ultimately the decisions we make are of a higher value because of it. That's a different way to get to the diversity table. You might simply say, look, ultimately every person is good and every person has an op should have an opportunity to succeed in this world. And we want to make sure that some people had a crap start in life just because of structurals. Uh, you know, let's case in point if you think that black people in this country have a tougher time succeeding simply because i don't know for a couple hundred years we treated them like slaves and by the way last 150 200 years haven't been that fantastic either um, their schools aren't that good aren't as good as white schools that their tax bases aren't as good and that they haven't had the same advantages maybe you should be oh maybe you've decided it's okay to give them a little bit of a uh, a break at this point because they've had more hurdles to jump over and you think that's important. That's another way to get to the diversity case. Maybe you're gay and you think ultimately because gay people haven't had, don't, you know, open 12, 10 years ago, uh, the conversation of should you even be allowed to marry and exist as a human being was still kind of on the, you know, on the books. That's not something, you know, you like to think about. But in this country, that's, that was true. 
as a gay person, you might decide it's my duty to make sure that gay people have the best opportunity to succeed, and I want to stack the deck a little bit to make it easier for gay people to succeed in my company. Great. That's another way to the diversity table. There are lots of different ways to the diversity table, but if we just simply say we're all for diversity but don't talk about the why, what exactly are we saying? That's the problem. In a company as big and important as Google, they've been talking about, hey, we're big on diversity, but not talking about the why. And that's why someone like an engineer can come in and say, look, diversity is stupid. Since women aren't good programmers, uh, they shouldn't be uh, allowed to program. They shouldn't be, we shouldn't be res you know, respecting them as programmers. And we shouldn't be you, – if you think diversity is a buzzword because it's a buzzword because you don't understand the reason why, you get to say things like that. You get to make these wild claims that uh, – <laughs> The best part of the manifesto is <clears throat> this concept that we can't treat women equally because – God, how am I going to say this? I'm going to say this poorly. I'm going to say this really badly, and I apologize up front. But effectively something like, look, because women come from a different kind of – have different genes and different – the hormones and, and structures and chromosomes and all this stuff, they are less likely to be interested in things that make developers good. So we shouldn't be uh, uh, treating them like a special – we shouldn't be treating them uh, all together like a class. It's like, wait, you, to get to that argument, you had to treat them like a class. I'm botching it. Whatever. This isn't the conversation I want to have. Um, but if you decide, if Google said, look, the reason we're all in for diversity is because ultimately when we hear perspectives from all sides, we get to make better decisions. Or, hey, you know what? Women are buying AdWords. Black people, Hispanic people, Native American people, Asian Americans from all, of many different stripes. By the way, we're not just an American company. We are trying to sell to actual India Indians and Pakistanis or Pakistanis and uh, Azerbaijanis and Muslims. Hey, Muslims spend money on AdWords. Right? If you're saying, look, ultimately we're a global business, thus our company should reflect that. And if we don't believe that your company should reflect the people who are its customers, you don't belong here. Guess what? The demon, the, 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 the manifesto doesn't happen. But the conversation as to why you got to the diversity table never happened. And thus, we're in a position of just saying, well, I don't understand why you think diversity is important. I'm going to let my own biases tell me and my own kind of bitterness, I guess, uh, decide why I think you think diversity is important, and uh, I'm going to argue against it and be surprised when it, it, it doesn't play out very well. I, I'm bringing up the Google one because if you look at the blind tech lounge, if you go to the blind app, um, I see a lot of people agreeing with this developer, which suggests to me that Google has not done a great job internally of explaining the why. They've messed this up. They've said probably up and down and, again, via posters and flyers and, and, and email signatures and campaigns and hashtags and all this – all this the tactics of diversity is important. They've never explained the why. They've made the assumption that everybody knows the why, and they've skipped past the discussion of the why and moved forward. And all these developers who said, I'm here to get rich, and it turns out that I have to compete with more people to get rich. Well, now I'm confused. I thought the goal was to get rich, and I just want to get rich. I'm confused by diversity. This seems unnecessary. This doesn't help me get rich, right? And that's why you have a disconnect. That's why I think it's important that you have the conversation. And what conversation are we talking about? The why. The why do we care about this stuff? Why do we make this our value? I go back to Coke and Pepsi. The, the Pepsi's mission statement for a very long time was beat Coke. You didn't need much of a why. That's a great mission statement because the why is, in, is, is baked right in. It's because they're the other. 
They're the opposite. We are be our job is to best them, and that is how we win, right? Very simple, very straightforward. If your mission is to provide uh, best of best of class quality software to blah 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 blah, there's no much. There's not a lot of why in that. And if you decide that your leadership values are X, Y, and Z, let's say your leadership value is diversity and inclusion, or your uh, diverse, your 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 mission, your leadership value is customer comes first, or your your leadership value or just values are all about um, the employee comes first. That's a good one. Um, and you don't say why. You're going you're up for some problems. Here's a great one. So let's say your company says, you know, there's the maxim that you know how you treat your customers or how you treat your employees is how your employees treat your customers. So therefore, treat your employees better than you treat your customers, and they will take care of your customers better than anybody else. Okay, great, great theory. Love it. I'm, I actually pretty much agree with it. I think it's fantastic. But if you don't explain why, if you simply say, as a company, we care about our employees. Okay. If you don't explain the why, it's very easy for someone like me to come in and say, look, this company cares about their employees, therefore I want to work for them. Okay, that's great. You've achieved the goal of getting more people to be interested in working for you. But if I don't understand why, I might become, I don't know, assumption, make assumptions about why I think that is. Maybe I think it's because the kinds of people we hire are better than other people. Mm, that's complicated. We treat our employees better because we hire the best kinds of employees. Well, that creates some very interesting opportunities for me to think, well, okay, well, if you're hiring me, middle-aged white dude, uh, maybe I think, you know who the best kinds of people are? Are other white dudes. Okay, I don't think that, but what if I start to think that? And if in the case of this manifesto at, at Google, in the case of Pockets of America, and let's pretend that they're not small, um, that's a very easy case to make to get from one to the other if we say our employees are the most important people without saying because they will then treat their customers better than anybody else if you simply just say our value is employees i can very easily make the case that what you're really saying is that you should hire more people like me and by the way screw women and screw people of color and people of different sexual orientations and experiences and blah 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 blah, blah. it's a very easy leap to make and you're going to have these problems. That's why you have to have the conversation. You have to explain the why. And you have to say, in that conversation, how far are you willing to take this value? How far are you willing to push this concept of diversity? If diversity is important to you because you say it's important, I don't understand what that means until you tell me how important. I'm, I'm big in diversity. But push comes to shove, and I'm looking for a job, and it's between me and a woman of color. I'm going to vote for me because it's a personal game, right? If it turns out that you chose the woman of color over me and your value is diversity, I might claim that, oh, whoa, 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 what are we quoting here? And what are we, you gave her the edge because, ah, uh, she is a woman of color. Maybe she's just better at this than I am. And I don't know that. It's very complicated. You need to have the, you need to show people how far you're willing to go. Are you willing to hire people who fit the the, the inclusion or diversity uh, model over the quote unquote middle aged white dude? Hi, how you doing? Um, because in the end, a overall makeup that reflects your global base or reflects your customer base or reflects some uh, a, a platonic ideal of what a good diverse mix is. I need to know, are you willing to over, to skip over people? Are you willing to promote people who, on the surface, may have more seniority or may have more experience? And what is the value of that? 
are you promoting in if that's the case and i'm fine if you are i'm fine if you are please don't don't let me wander you down a path where i think that's a bad idea i think it's an idea i don't think it's the best idea or no let me rephrase i don't know what the best idea is i have no clue but if you've decided that's what diversity means to you you have to explain why because as the white dude in your company or the white dude applying for that job i need to understand why i need to understand that i got i didn't get picked but not because I couldn't do the job because someone else brought a better set of experiences that you value the woman of color in this example their her experience as a woman of color on top of all the other professional experiences she has you're not hiring a woman of color you're hiring a person who does this job who happens to also be a woman of color and there's extra added value to you by that that comes from knowing the why I'm probably doing a really crappy job explaining this and I'm probably gonna get a horrible set of tweets and emails from this and I get that because this is complicated this is messy <laughs> as I said to somebody else uh, last week I said we are living in a world where the only problems left are the hard problems which means there are no easy answers which means there's no way to fix most of the things we see this is the world we live in there's no fix because if there was a fix someone would have thought of it already we live in a world we have to figure out how to balance competing ideas and competing concerns and competing needs there's no solution there's no solution for Mideast peace, okay? If there was a solution for Mideast peace, we would have figured it out by now. Enough heads have concerned themselves with the concept of Mideast peace that, I'm sorry, sheer the law of big numbers would have come up with an answer by now. Maybe the answer is there is no answer. The answer is we have to find a way to balance all parties' concerns enough that we can find a compromise that people can live with. And right now, no one's found that because it's incredibly hard to do. Same with diversity. Diversity is a big, messy, complicated problem. But you can't solve it because there is no easy solution. Just simply say we're all about diversity is an easy solution, and it's not going to work. The easy solutions don't work. You have to explain why, and you have to live by that why, and you have to stand by that why. And you have to be able to, in the case of Google, not only fire the guy who says, I don't think women should be engineers, I don't think women should be treated as equals in the engineering space simply because they're women, which, yikes, is horrible, terrifying things to say. Um, you also have to stand by the fact that there's a percentage of your internal employees who agree with that and are now either looking for jobs or now looking to screw you from within because they're pissed, because they didn't hear the why. That's the world we live in. All right, I have got myself probably in trouble 17,000 different ways in this podcast, and I don't care. I think I said what I had to say. So if you have any questions, if you want to disagree with me, and I, would, I relish the disagreement, um, because we have to have a conversation and I'm, I'm happy to be wrong but I think here's my position I think we need to have the conversation simply tweeting at each other and simply um, pointing out flaws is not getting us anywhere if we want to solve the problem and you think that women are inherently worse developers that's fine you can think men, women make worse developers I'm gonna disagree but we have to have a conversation because the conversation <clears throat> will start with this concept that look you can think that in general, the makeup of what, I don't know, call it hormones, call it uh, chromosomes, call it chemistry, call it, I don't care what you want to call it. Uh, women make slightly better programmers. That's fine. You're allowed to think that. I'm not disagreeing with your ability to have that thought or ha make that opinion. However, if you say because women are slightly less likely to be good developers again i disagree but if you think that now because of that women should not be allowed to develop whoa 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 you just made a sweeping generality about all women you didn't look there's oh 
God, I'm getting into this. I can't believe it. There's a bell curve of, 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 of uh, value of service, right? All developers are not great developers. All men developers are not great developers. There are great male developers. There are me mediocre male developers, and there are pretty crappy male developers. If the same, if that's true, that means it's true for people of color, people of any sexual orientation, and every gender, right? Which means there are amazing women developers. I've met some. Now, if you want to say the bell curve nudges slightly to the left because they're women, they have a slight subtle disadvantage. Again, I disagree, but if you can want to make that case and you decide that because their fingers are shorter, I don't know, in general, they're slightly worse typers, there are some very tall women, meaning the fingers are just as long. Ugh, this kind of makes me nuts, and it's very, because I'm terrified because I'm, I feel like I'm going to say something horrible and something stupid and get called out for it, which I've done before. Um, I'm not going to talk, talk about that. Um, but there's still great women programmers. But to say that because women are slightly on a one-to-one -one basis have a 1% less likely opportunity to be great, that means you have to disqualify all of them. Well, that's wrong. That means there's a lot of great women developers out there. And if I was running a company, I'd simply say, great, you think that, men, and I'll go hire all the women at, you know, and uh, we'll go kick some ass for a while. But you can't figure all that stuff out if you don't have a conversation that says, why do we think women are important? Why do we think having women in this conversation is important? You simply can't because otherwise people simply jump to the wrong conclusions. All right, I got to shut up because, yeah, I'm just digging a hole, right? This is what I think. There's, this is these, these opinions are 100% mine and mine alone. It's a Sunday morning. I get to have those opinions, and I get to put them on my, my own podcast that nobody else pays for. So there you go. Um, hi, how you doing? So if you want to complain, if you want to disagree, I get that. That's what Twitter's for, at The War for Talent. Um, I get that. I totally get that. And I think companies should be having these conversations open and above board but they should start with the baseline of look in the end you can't disqualify people and you can't say they're all wrong you can't make these broad generalizations you simply can't there's no such thing as a broad generalization you can't i'm sorry you can't there are there's seven billion people in this world and any kind of broad generalizations you make statistically are going to be broken by one of those seven billion people Oh, this soapbox is weird. This particular soapbox is weird. I'm, I want to stop, but I can't stop talking because I'm terrified. There you go. There's my bias. I'm scared that I've said something to offend, and I apologize because I'm not trying to. You know my politics. You, you get a sense of who I am. I think I've owned my biases. Ugh, shut up, James. Just be done. You said what you had to say. This is nerve-wracking. And this, by the way, is true of everybody. I think most people are terrified of having this conversation. Here, I'll wrap it up with that. Most people are terrified of having this conversation because of how I, if I, this is how I feel and I've thought about it for a long time and I'm, let's be fair, well, no, <laughs> fuck fairness. If, if uh, to be honest, I'm pretty smart. I think I'm pretty damn smart. I'm not a genius, but I'm pretty damn smart and I've thought about this a while and if I get incredibly painfully nervous and I've been talking about this for months with other people, I'm still getting nervous about this. How do people who just, you know, how do 25-year-old developers feel who haven't really had to think about this much? You know, who, who have been focused on the hard skills of learning how to code or learning how to manage servers or learning how to think about math. They just haven't had much diversity. If, if you're, your average data scientist, not to pick on any particular audience, but you're in math classes. We know what the ratio of male to female in those math classes are. Women are a deep minority in that case. Um, and if you're surrounded by dudes and you talk about dudes and you talk with dudes all the time, you have a very dude-centric mentality and you show up to your job and it turns out most of the other people working in the data science teams are also dudes because, again, statistically, there aren't nearly as many women 
uh, mathematicians out there and suddenly you're being told we need more women mathematicians and you're like well if there's fewer of them doesn't that mean we have to hire less qualified ones to get there and now I'm confused and again to kind of have that conversation and that's that's by the way that is statistics alone that's true if you're making fewer female mathematicians and fewer female developers technically the good ones are hired pretty quickly because quality knows quality pretty quickly statistically you might be looking at slightly you might be oh god look i'm couching these things this is such a weird conversation you might be looking at slightly less qualified women now again being a woman you might have some might have bring some value to the table and again if you don't have the diversity why this 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 sparks problems the likes of which google and now a lot of other companies are seeing right Okay, I'm going to stop now, I promise. Uh, do me a favor, review this. Oh man, maybe this isn't the one to say that on. Um, share this around. I don't, I don't think I'm saying anything brand new or anything worth changing, but I think people aren't talking about diversity like this much. Um, I think there's, there's, there are lines being drawn in a black and white world. You're either for diversity or against diversity. And I'm for diversity, but I have reasons why. And I'm willing to talk about the reasons why, and I'm willing to talk about how far I'm willing to push them. And we might find places to quibble, and I'm good with that because I respect your opinion so long as you respect mine and that you're willing to talk about the why. Um, but the lines are getting drawn across the board in companies all around the world, and this is getting complicated because we're willing to start to say, no, 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 as a concept, diversity is good. I don't have to explain why, and if you don't value diversity, get the hell out of my company, and they're going to say, great, now I'm mad, and I'm going to boycott your company. And problems happen that didn't have to happen. Simple as that. All right. Thanks for listening. I appreciate this. This episode 40. I can't believe I'm still going. I think, can't believe I still have stuff to say. This is shocking. Thanks for listening. I will talk to you next week. I will. Yes, I promise to remember. A good palate cleanser will be recruiting happiness next week. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you later. Do you love news about LinkedIn, Indeed, Google, and just about every other recruitment tech company out there? Hell yeah. I'm Chad. I'm Cheese. We're the Chad and Cheese Podcast. All the latest recruiting news and insights are on our show. Dripping in snark and attitude. Subscribe today wherever you listen to your podcasts. We, we out. out.